Welcome, my friends. Welcome. It's that time of the week, the time you've anxiously been awaiting. I know you have. It's time for the, I guess you call it the culinarist, the cleverest. It is the most riveting and the most entertaining cooking show in the world, not just in Atlanta, in the world. We are Chef and a Fat Man, the Blue Collar Chefs. We have our mobile kitchens today, right here in the heart of Atlanta. And for those of you in Tel Aviv, you don't know Atlanta, you don't know where we're at. But for those of you all around the world, we're right, there's a circle that runs around Atlanta. It's called the Perimeter, 285. We're just inside of 285 on the north end of the circle. So I know all you friends in Ireland and Israel and all over the world, look on your map, nice find out where we're at. We are at the Big Green Egg Culinary Center, and we are proudly brought to you by the Big Green Egg. The, the ultimate, ultimate cooking, cooking experience. experience. See, you can even join in if you want to. Well, let's try to see if the audience can. Did you get that? Okay. We are brought to you by the Big Green Egg. The, the ultimate, ultimate cooking, cooking experience. experience. And they thought we didn't really have an audience. They thought it was all piped in. These are living bodies, at least most of them seem to be. <laughs> and by Real Sweet Onions by Schumann Produce Leaders in the Vidalia. One note here. One thing that drives people crazy is the mispronunciation of the sweetest onion on earth. It is not Vidalia. It is Vidalia. Vidalia. So, Real Sweet Onions by Schumann Produce, the other leaders in Vidalia, which, by the way, is coming up. They'll be released within a few days. And Peruvian Sweet Onions. Peruvian Onions in the off-season, Real Vidalia's in the regular season. My friends, if it does not say Real Sweet on the bag of the tag... It ain't. There you go, my friends. Welcome. We are at La Cordon Green, the Big Green Egg Culinary Center. Standing alongside of me, or really behind me, for those of you who don't know, it is the real, live, executive chef Amanda, last name? Egidio. Egidio. I have tried for months to get that right. <laughs> Egidio. He's working on it. I know. We're working on it. And we are so excited. How you been? Pretty good. I know you've had a lot of classes. We have. We've been busy. We've had, um, we've had all kinds of super fun private events coming up. We did something with the Girl Scouts not too long ago. They gave us a bunch of Girl Scout cookies and said, what can we do with this on the Big Green Egg? So we got a team together and we did a bunch of recipes and they all came whoa, in Whoa, 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 whoa. I know, right? You took Girl Scout cookies and made recipes we out? We did. I hope you didn't do the ones with the coconut. The Samoas. Yeah, that's my favorite. Why would you ruin a beautiful piece of Samoa? Well, you, you can eat it and Thank you can, you. yes. It's, it doesn't matter how you eat it. If yeah. you like it, Plain, that's fine. Yeah. If you want to get a little creative. Why do you look at me and say plain, that's fine. But if you want to get creative. Well, plain, creative, plain, creative. I get it. <laughs> but anyway, that's cool. Yeah, it was a really good time. And uh, we have a basics class that we teach once a month. And the basics class is always 101. So this is what's the big deal with the big green egg? How does it work? How does it, how do you set it up? How do you maintain temperature? So that's always a really good time. We also... Once a month, we do a couple's date night, and it's like a big dinner party. And so couples come in, and each couple will pair up with another couple, and you'll make one component of the meal. So everybody's cooking together, meeting new people, and then you all sit down and break bread together. So that's super cool, too. So we do some fun stuff. We did a St. Patty's Day, like, pub food on the Big Green Egg, and um, we made all kinds of different burgers. And it was, Oh, you, yeah, and yeah. speaking of that, go on our website, 
Our new website, we're about 85% there, but enough to launch. Go and see the recipes. We've got all the recipes from the St. Patrick's Day show. It is amazing. There are some really creative and cool things on there. So check it out. And it's real easy to remember because I have to remember it. Chefandafatman.com. <laughs> Look it up. It's the website. There's all kinds of information. It's going to have recipes, events that are coming up. It's got pictures of our shows. It's got blogs. The current blog is communication that I wrote about the success in a restaurant. The success in the kitchen is all about communication and where people break down. So please go and read it. It's lengthy. I can't write anything in a few words, nor can I say anything in a few words. But we're going to have a new blog every week. We're going to touch on subjects like, do you know how irritating it is to go to a restaurant and get a salt and pepper shaker that are weenie Aww. salt and pepper shakers? He's, he gets on these kicks, y'all. He, the, he just goes, all right? The little holes. My God. The grains are bigger than the holes. But you, okay. in, you, but, there, okay, do you, but do you know why that happened? Because when those salt shakers were created... They used to use iodized salt. So the size of the hole was to accommodate the iodized salt. People are now into kosher salt and rock salt, and they're putting it in the salt shaker. And it's Not at McDonald's. That's true. But they don't have shakers Not at, at McDonald's. Waffle House. Well, they're, they're using, and it won't come out of the hole? No. Anyway, I don't believe that. Things like that. But there's going to be all kinds of neat <laughs> and fun things. You'll be able to go on the blog site. That's up and running now. So it's very interactive. It's made for you. Plus, we're going to have a spot on there where you can comment. And if you want to add things, it'll be your website as much as ours. So I'm very excited about that. So anyway, you've got the classes going on. Have you got what's coming up that people – is there any special class coming up for like Cinco de Mayo or we Mother's do, Day or anything you've got coming up? We're going to do both, Cinco de Mayo and Mother's Day. And what we're a going shock. To, uh, yeah. And we pretty much celebrate every holiday here. Um, but the, the next thing coming up is called Meat 101. It's called Full Circle Meat. And we have a guy from Buckhead Beef who's going to come in, and he's going to show you how to source meat, how to trim it, how, the different kinds of cuts, and then he's going to cook lunch for you. His name is Jerry Drayolik, and he's full of information. And um, that's a really popular class. That's, that's on the 21st, um, which will be in a couple of Saturdays. All kinds of excitement coming on yep. here at Le Cordon Green. We are, of course, Chef and a Fat Man of Blue Collar Chefs. Been kicking it for now our 18th season. We're so glad to be here at Le Cordon Green. This is our home. This is where we will be when we're not on the road. And we're so excited because we have all this fun stuff going on. Now, Chef Amanda, let's set up, let's set the table for today's show. Okay, let's do it. You leaving it to me? I'm throwing it to you. This is where we call the throw line. Okay, so I thought that for today, it would be really great to share some of my favorite things, like that I have in my chef toolkit, um, and just things that make my life easier in the kitchen. So this was, that's the first part of what we're going to do, is just talk about Really great utensils and, and things that you can that make your life easier, like a pair of tongs. But tongs are why you need to invest in better tongs. Okay, so ah, we'll wait till you. Okay, and what else are you going to do on today's show? Uh, we're going to do a charcuterie board. Charcuterie board. Charcuterie. What is charcuterie? Charcuterie is different kinds of meats and cheeses, and it's an appetizer. And this kind of stuff, appetizers, tapas, charcuterie, this is the new dinner party. So we're going to talk about how you can get together with friends without doing a whole lot of effort, but give them some really quality ideas to play with and make little sandwiches and, and come up with new things to play with. So that's going to be a really fun Well, and thing. charcuterie, like you said, is a new party thing. Yeah. And a great thing about it is the people here in the audience get to sample it. That's right. 
okay. then you'll get to see if you want to do it at your party. But it's really become popular. And the nice thing about it, too, is that it is not terribly expensive, but it, you know how when you throw a party, you're always afraid. Someone always comes and says, oh, you're making that? They have no idea what you're doing. With a charcuterie board, yeah. There's going to be some cheese on there they like. There's going to be some meat on there they're going to like. There's going to be something on there they're going to like. So it's a, if you're not sure who's at your party, it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be wonderful. And one of the things, too, this kind of segue into this before we go on. One of the things most people don't realize, if you're throwing a party, it's your party. It's not That's their right. party. It's you're your party. You're in control. So what I tell people to do, and they go, I couldn't possibly do that. You tell them what you're preparing. That's, that's really important. It is. If they don't like it, don't come. Oh, Kevin. No, I'm serious because... <laughs> because is that what y'all do at home? If you don't like it, don't come. My party. No, but seriously, <laughs> if, you're doing, if you're doing a barbecue and you're going to do pork, pulled pork and ribs, okay... And you've got friends of yours that are vegetarian. Oops. So if you let them know ahead of time, they can let you know. Well, you can tell. Uh, well, that's what we're doing. Don't accommodate to your guests as much as this is my party. This is my castle. This is my home. I'm doing this for you. You tell them what you're preparing and you can take feedback. And you know. When you do that, you will be amazed how many people will say, oh, well, I can't have this or I can't have that. Then you can, you can play with it. But if you don't tell them, hey, come on, we're having a party. And they come over there and they can't eat anything, they leave. And they leave disgusted. So but how many thing. times does that happen to you, honestly? How many times have you had a party and somebody walked in and went, oh, I'm not eating that? Uh, 30% of the time. Well, then you have the wrong friends. I do. <laughs> You know, I, there's no Just doubt about saying. that. No, but seriously, I mean, your friends are who you, But, like, if I do, um, like, I have people, I have friends of mine that can't stand chicken wings. They think that's the lowest form of earth. But if I'm having a football, I'm having people over He's football the blue collar or something chef. like that, I am going to have chicken wings. So the first time I had chicken wings, I was stunned. <laughs> chicken wings. So they call out for pizza. Okay. You know, but I, if I tell them chicken wings, then they can go somewhere else, you know. So I've had it happen. That's why that's what caused me to do it. All right. So this, the um, the next thing you, after we do that, then you've got a um, recipe. I do. So we're going to um, we're going to talk about in the charcuterie board. I'm going to do some things with prosciutto. Prosciutto is like one of my favorite things to play with. And prosciutto um, is? Prosciutto is ham. It's like a serrano ham. It's, it's dried. It's wonderful. It's not dried out completely, but it's aged. And so it's, it's like a salami or a um, soprasada. I'm losing my mind here. I can't think. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful piece that you can play with, and you can do lots of things with it. And we're going to play with that today and show you. We're Chef and a Fat Man at Blue Collar Chefs Live from Le Cordon Green. So today we're going to talk about, well, let's tease. Give me your first, if every person is going to start a kitchen or they want to do something in the kitchen and they, and they need a starting point, what's the very first most important utensil you would tell them to get? I would say a chef's knife. Really? Yeah. A chef's knife that, that works for you because there's lots of different options on chef's knife. Um, the, the length of the blade 
is, is taking, you know, I have small hands, so I tend to like a smaller knife. But a lot of people don't. They like a, a long knife because they feel like they need that whole blade. But you also need to learn how to work with it and be comfortable with it. And, and that's, that's going to be the tool that you use the most. And there's different knives and stuff. But like your solid go-to chef's knife, you need to have one of those. And a good cutting board. And the chef's knife, a little bit about the chef's knives. You know how the, the, the handles are shaped. I never knew it until I started doing the show. I always grab the handle, you know, and start chopping. You go bring your hand all the way up to the curve till you're touching the metal. And that's one of the things that I learned from a, from a master chef. He said, no, no, no. He said, show me how you cut. And I cut, and he goes, all wrong. Move your hand all the way up, like on this one, to the, uh, instead of like this, go all the way up like that. And then you can work the knife and have better control. So you move your hand as far forward, and you'll see some of them are more curved. Some of them are curved here. And when you put your hand in it, man, that knife actually feels good in my hand. It's, it was made that way. So that's one of the things. And the it, best thing to remember is the, sh the most safe knife in your drawer is a sharp knife. Yeah, <laughs> except for my wife. The sh you know, it's one of the few things that is worth the investment. You should go to a, to a store that has got some, somebody knowledgeable to help you find what kind of knife you're looking for. And um, a carbon-plated uh, stainless steel knife will stay really sharp over time. That's the good investment. In fact, when we come back, we're going to give you a couple of names and some ideas to throw around to go out and look for good quality knives. We're going to have more implements, charcuterie. It's all about food. It's all about fun. You having fun? It's yeah. all about a celebration of the good life. You celebrating? Woo. We are Chef and a Fat Man live from La Cordon Green, the big green egg, taking it to the streets. Adorable, baby. Woo! Welcome back, my friends. Chef and a Fat Man live from La Cordon Green. We are the big green egg culinary center where today we're talking about two things. We're talking about essentials for your kitchen, from a chef's perspective, and a charcuterie. We're going to teach you, you've heard about it, you've probably heard it mentioned somewhere, and you're, you may know, may not know, but we're going to teach you how to make one for yourself at home, which will blow your friends away with a wow factor of 10, which means each and every time your friends try it, they'll go, wow, at least 10 times. Mm. We guarantee. So, Chef Amanda, when we last left you, yep. we're talking about the number one thing you should have in your house to spend a little money on, and that's the knife. Yeah, the chef's knife. Now, everybody's got their own taste mm -hmm. as to how many knives they work with. I work with three. Mm -hmm. I don't always. So what do you recommend for a person who wants to start their kitchen? If they're getting married, what's a good thing to ask them for, like brands to ask for on the, what is it, the registry? Mm -hmm. uh, I think you should have a good paring knife and a good chef's knife if you're, if you're just getting started. Um, and it depends on how fancy you want to get. I like Shen. They have really good knives. Um, there's also, um, what's the one that starts with an H? What's that, Hinkle? Yep, Hinkle has some good knives, too, and that's a good starter knife. And it's reasonable. You know, it's a it's What a are people, investment. when you say reasonable, what, what should people expect to pay for a three-knife set? I'm reasonable that's good quality. You know, Ke Kevin, I, I don't think I can really answer that because each one, I mean, you may choose a Hinkle for one, and you may choose... I mean, to be honest with you, I have gone to some of the restaurant supply stores, and I've gotten the Asian knives, 
and they're not very expensive. I can get a, a chef's knife, and they're shorter because my hands are smaller, and it kind of works for me. Um, and you can get a 6-inch chef's knife instead of an 8-inch chef's knife because this is an 8-inch. And that's great, but again, it's a little bit big for my comfort level when I want to really go fast and get into it. So, I mean, I can buy one of those for 12 bucks. Um, but you can also spend 600 or 1000 or 200 I mean, so there's really the budget. gambit. Yeah, whatever your price range is, you can find something. But what I would do is hold it. Don't just go into a store and just go, I think I'll take that one. You really need to hold it and feel it and, you know, decide how you would use it and does it feel comfortable. You want to make sure that the blade goes all the way to the bottom. If you don't, that could break off. If the blade only goes to here, that is not a good investment knife. Okay? So Another really good, so you can get actually if you're an egghead. Big green egg makes knives. Uh, big green knives. egg some, makes some incredible knives, and are reasonable. Yeah. They're good quality. Fact, and they're 50% off right now. Oh, really? Yeah. I, told, I was told that last night. I had, uh, I had a friend of mine come down to my camp down in Mexico Beach, Florida, and he used a knife, and he had never seen a big green egg knife before. And he goes, get out of here, a big green egg knife. And he used it, and he goes, oh, my God, it's got weight. It's got great ergonomics. It holds in the hand well. And I didn't know they were 50% off. Shoot, I might get another set. You know, what yeah. the heck? Yeah. But anyway, okay, so now we go for chef's knives. What's next? Okay, so the next thing um, is probably, I have so many. Um, okay, because I, it's a big green egg and I do a lot of grilling, um, this little tool right here, this is called the instant read thermometer. And it's super cool. It's digital. You open it up. And the temperature lights up immediately. And this is for probing your meat and finding out what the internal temperature is. But the cool thing about this is that on here, it'll tell you poultry, lamb, veal, and ground beef. If it, what's the temperature for medium, for well, for rare, for medium rare? It's got everything but fish. This is a very, very useful gadget. And Probably I'm, the thing I use more than anything outside of the knives is if you cook out a lot, it's really critical. Yeah. I because so everything too. is about temperature and meat. That's it. Your internal temperature dictates everything. Whether you're grilling chicken, ribs, steak, you want to get it right. And those Insta reads, so you don't, the difference is you can get a cheaper thermometer, put it in there in about 30 seconds, it goes up, down, and finally settles down at about 30. With an Insta read, five seconds or less. Mm -hmm. And boom. So it may change, flicker it. But it makes a difference when you're trying to, when you're gauging your beer consumption to your cooking times and temperatures. I mean, it can make the difference between a 16-ounce and a 12-ounce. I mean, you know, it's all about, it's, I'm, I, you know, in my world, that's how we do it. Not a chef's world, I know. You know, it's all, it's all where your comfort level is, you know? I mean, we were talking earlier with Karen about her mom and cast iron, what you, what, how do you take care of cast iron? She said that her grandma or her mother's been using soap her whole life. And that's not how I do it. But if that works for her, then that's a great thing. Do what works for you. We like to do it with um, a little bit of salt and water and scrub it. And, you know, cast iron. I mean, as you can see on the counter, I got cast iron all over the place. Um, but what you don't want to do is wash it off wet and then put it away. You want to get maybe put it on the stove for a minute or put it in the oven for a minute or on the egg and just get that moisture gone. Um, and that's how you're going to save it and, and season it and make sure that it's nice. Her mother has never oiled her pans, her cast iron. That's all she cooks with, basically. Has never oiled them. And they are as seasoned as any cast iron. And never once did she re-oil it like they tell you to do. Never once did she use anything but soap and plain water when they say don't do it. 
She did it. And guess what? Her, her, you'd pay top dollar for her because when you buy cast iron, you're, the more expensive you'll find is the more seasoned it is. Used is better. Hmm. So, yeah, if you that's can find them at garage sales, like that's, that's what you want to do. You want to find somebody's grandmother's cast iron, and, that's, that, and you want to buy everything they got. I've seen old cast iron sell as much as $150, $200, $300 a piece just because it's old and seasoned. Wow. So, yeah, so it's crazy. It's a big deal. Yeah, so cast iron is also on my list of things. That, okay. You know, one good cast iron pan, and you should also have one good regular nonstick pan. That's what I'm using right now with these buns. Um, it's important to have nonstick uh, just because it's, it's easy and it works. And, you know, I, when, especially when you do, I do a lot of eggs at home and stuff. That nonstick is really important. But what you don't want to do is use metal. And that's when something like a silicone spatula is probably, like, number three on my list. I use this and tongs all the time. Um, silicone tongs. Yeah. Well, sometimes. I mean, I have a sil the handle silicone, but the end is metal. See, I went and got the – because I flip a lot of stuff, in yeah. my, I love my nonstick. You could actually get tongs with silicone ends so you can flip stuff and work stuff in, the, in that particular nonstick pan. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm using tongs in the pan right now because I'm moving a burger bun around. But um, You also got a budget. Yes, yes. That's <laughs> well, true. I scratched that one. <laughs> oh, I'm just that's kidding. That's not really true. I'm, we, I'm we just take kidding, care Artie. Of our stuff around here. Yeah. All right, next on my list um, is, is I want to talk about cookbooks. I want to talk about where do I get my information. Um, so. My very, very favorite, it's not a cookbook, it's just a reference book. It's called the Flavor Bible. And here it this is. This is really I'm holding cool. it up. Okay. So it says on the front, it's the essential guide to culinary creativity based on the wisdom of America's most imaginative chefs. So you open it up, and I just opened up two chicken which probably wasn't the best one because it's got all kinds yeah. of stuff in here. Um, but what it does is it tells you the function, the weight, volume, techniques. How, what do you do with chicken? You can bake, you can braise, you can boil. But the best part about the book is that it tells you all the stuff that goes with it. And I love this because in, in, in bold letters or um, words on here, it'll tell you what goes best with each thing. So chicken's kind of generic. I'm going to go with something else. I'm going to go with uh, Meyer lemon. Meyer's lemon is, um, it's a season is autumn and spring. The taste is sour and sweet. The weight is light and the volume is moderate to loud. Now here's what goes with Meyer's lemon. If you're like, I've got one, I don't know what to do with it. Cream and Meyer's lemon go well, which is why sometimes you'll see, um, different kinds of like lemon cream, whenever you're doing desserts and stuff, light grapefruit and Meyer's lemon go together, honey, regular lemon, lime, orange, sugar, and vanilla. So any, if you have any of those ingredients and you've got a Myers lemon, you can make something out of it. So like I think if you're going to make like a barbecue sauce, there you go. Mm -hmm. Now you know what goes with mm -hmm. every ingredient you can possibly think on your mind is in there. And we're going to pass it around for those who are here so you can take a look at it. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. It teaches you because how many times when you're trying to come up with a new rub, a new sauce, you want something different, but you're not sure what goes with what. You know what you want to do, mm -hmm. like maple syrup. You look in there, and all of a sudden, this goes with maple syrup. This, 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 this. Then you take off, and you can go nuts with it. Any ingredient, tarragon, 
allspice, you name it. So I'm looking at strawberries, uh, the list of things that go with strawberries, and um, cream and ice cream is in big, bold letters, so I know that already. Um, what I did not know was um, black pepper and strawberries are okay. Pineapple and strawberries. Orange, like the juice or the zest, if you put that over strawberries, it's great. Grand Marnier made the list. Um, Kirsch, hazelnuts, guava. Guava and strawberry, that would make a really good jam. Yes. So again, one, another thing that I like this, the reason I like this too, is if I go into the kitchen and I'm like, okay, I have some star anise, some strange spice. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what, do what, what am I going to do with this? I've got you know, I used it once. Now what am I going to do with it? I can look it up in this book and it can give me 15 different other things that I can put it with and then I can create something. So if you want to be imaginative and creative, this book is, um, it's the bee's knees. I love it. The what? The bee's knees. Don't tell me you've never the heard that, bees Kev. Knees. The bee's knees. I'm not knees. that old. <laughs> I could what have said you, something whoa, whoa, else. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you laughing about? You think I'm that old? <laughs> yeah, I think he does. And you're <laughs> giggling too, so don't, you know. We got some young people in the audience, and I always love when young people come to the show because they're the next generation. Mm. They're the ones that we're trying to make it fun for them That's too good. so that they get fun and oh, enjoyment good. in the Just kitchen. So, wonderful. Here is the Flavor Bible. Mm -hmm. We will have this posted on chefandafatman.com, shamelessly mentioned 10,000 times per show. And you can take a look at it. Would anybody like to look at it here? Um, just pass it around. Take a look. There's Steal a couple, some of the ideas. We got a couple more minutes, and I want to talk about a couple more of my favorites. Okay. Um, one of them is called Milk Street, and this is a cookbook that just came out. And it's written by the guy that used to do everything for Cooks Illustrated. You know, wow. that is the magazine that gives you instruction and technique. When you read it, it comes out quarterly. He has now written a book called Milk Street. And it's all about how to spatchcock a chicken, how to, it gives you, it gives you recipes, but it also says, we got into the test kitchen with blackberries and we found out this worked but this didn't if we put it in that pan and we didn't like it so we changed the pan so i love reading the story and i can imagine them in the kitchen working figuring out what worked what didn't and the end result and how they did it because i know when i go into my kitchen i can do the same thing it's very user-friendly it is not an intermediate or advanced cookbook it is absolutely accessible for anyone that wants to cook like cooking for dummies not well, you're the dummy, but, you know. Well, yeah. I get that. Nah, That's nah, why I'm asking. Nah, nah. Do I want to waste the money on the book? Yes, you do. You would okay. love it. And then the last one um, that, well, I have two more. One is The Barbecue Bible by Steve Reichlin. Oh, yes. That is really a great book. If you like to grill, you like to do anything outside, um, that is a great reference, and it's got tons of great recipes. And, uh, and he's been here. Yes, we, we, Steve's been on the show. Yep. He doesn't do a lot of stuff like that because he's more of a, behind-the-scenes writer and tester, but we actually convinced him to come and do a show with us. So Stephen's actually come to the show, and he did a wonderful show with us. He taught us how to smoke ice cream. That's right, and here's his new book, Project Smoke. And as you can see, I've, like, tagged it all through here. So you guys are welcome to look at it, but don't lose my places. <laughs> and then um, the last one is I love Ina Garten, the, the Barefoot Contessa, and um, I think she's delightful. She cooks the way I cook. So she's one of my favorites, and she has a new book called Cooking for Jeffrey. Jeffrey's her husband, and um, she loves to cook for her husband, and these are his favorite dishes that she's done with him over 25 years. Well, so. speaking of cooking, now, already, you've learned 
Kitchen Essentials. You learn about the top cookbooks to help make you become a culinary wizard. Now, we're going to move in the next segment to cooking. And we're actually going to have... Oh, wow. Very nice. Can I say one more thing? Do I have time, Karen? Yes. This is my, this is my treasure toy. Um, this is a... Does anybody know what this is? A spatula. Okay. But it's, it, it has, it's actually a special kind of spatula. I could tell it's weird. It is weird. It is shaped, um, it's shaped like a foot with a, like a big toe on the top. Um, it's a fish spatula. So what's great about this is that when you go to flip something, you can just take the edge and flip it. This is awesome, not just for fish, but for eggs, for anything. I mean, like, I use this spatula. It's my go-to more than anything else. It's lightweight can pick it up and flip stuff, and it's not heavy like the other big ones. Like this guy right here, this guy is big and heavy. And this, well, I, this is what you smack people with, or, or burgers. You Why are you looking burgers. at me? Because um, I'm headed your way. You're laughing again. Stop it. But the people in the audience, if you guys want to come and pick up the difference and feel the difference in the weights in these two, it's pretty remarkable. So I love this, this, the fish What's spatula. What's the name of the, it's not, obviously not called the foot spatula. It's fish. It is, fish. And that's the actual name. It's a fish spatula. I'm telling you, my friends, more food, more fun, more celebration of the good life could never be had. Other than Chef and a Fat Man and Blue Collar Chef, we are literally full of it when it comes to information. You need to make your kitchen and culinary that much more exciting. When we come back, it's all about charcuterie. Charcuterie. And what you don't know about it, you're going to find out. And you may have a charcuterie party in your near future. Chef and a Fat Man taking it to the streets. From the Cordon Green, the Big Green Egg Culinary Center, right here in the heart of Doralville, Georgia. If you don't know where it is, look it up. <laughs> Did you say look it up? Yeah. What are you doing? Eating. Why are you? Well, I... welcome back, my friends. Chef and a Fat Man live from the Cordon Green. The chef, our, our, our incredible executive chef, Amanda Ogidio. Well done. Thank you. I'm practicing. Um, you're eating. It looks good. And everybody out there is going, man, that looks good. Why well, are you? Gonna, they're going to get a taste. I'm All just, right. you know, I'm setting it up. Okay. What are we doing? So I'm making a um, prosciutto pinwheel right now. So what I did for this was I used mascarpone cheese. Okay. Now, what is mascarpone cheese besides fancy name? It's, it's kind of a dessert cheese. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Sweet? It is sweet. And I, I like it a lot. Um, and it goes really well with what I'm doing here, which is I took a flour tortilla, and then I put mascarpone cheese on it. It has a consistency of cream cheese. And then I put some fig jam, because fig and prosciutto go really well together. How would you know that? Because I have my flavor Bible. There we go. <laughs> so um, that told me what to pair it with, but I already knew that anyway, but, it was a, it, but it's in there. And um, so I just rolled it up. So I've got the tortilla, the mascarpone. The um, fig jam, the prosciutto, and then I rolled it up. And that's the first part of what I'm going to do for my charcuterie board. Now, when we talk about charcuterie, I get really excited because, you know, the appetizer aspect is the new dinner party. This is what people want to do. And also, it's great because if you don't want to cook, if you don't, you're having friends over and you want to really focus on the party instead of the cooking part of it, this is a great way for people to sample different things, create new treats like little sandwiches and kind of play in with different foods and it's, it's really wonderful and when you do a charcuterie board um you make it's it's full of mystery okay you're going to want to 
do a board um, that's got some meats, different kinds of meats, different kinds of cheeses. So maybe some fresh like grapes right here. I've got some grapes and some dates because that goes really well with these meats. Um, we're going to use, let's see, we've got some salami and some prosciutto. Uh, what else have we got here? We've got some capicola. What the heck? Yep. We've got some sopressata. And what's great about this is that I literally picked it up at the grocery store on the way in. I didn't have to go to a butcher. You know, um, here in Atlanta, there's Kroger everywhere. And Kroger grocery store has really good options when it comes to selecting meats and deli and stuff like that. So you can literally walk in, get what you need, and walk out, and then you just create the board. And so you can be a little bit imaginative without having to cook a whole lot for a long time. So I like ooh, it a whole lot. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, what? Kroger. God bless you, Kroger. I have now, our Kroger has click list. Have you ever heard of click list? Oh, my God. For those of you who don't know what it is, you sit in your lazy boy, what I do, and you go through everything you think you want at the grocery store. You, you pick it, you click it. Pick it, click it. Get it all done. Send it to click list. It goes to your local Kroger. Then you got to give them six hours minimum. I usually, because I'm generous, I give them 12 to 18. But anyway, so I, I send it to them. And they go through and they do the shopping. You pull up and you got designated parking right in front of your Kroger. You pull up, it's got a telephone number. You dial the telephone number, two rings. Somebody cheerful and pleasant comes on the phone. Yes, this is ClickList. How can I help you? Your name, please. The fat man. Yes, fat man. We've got, <laughs> we've got you covered. You don't say got that. Yes, I do. I, I've got your order right here. We'll be out five minutes or less. Three minutes later, comes rolling out with a cart. Fat man, we have a problem. I said, here we go. It's my first time I use. Here we go. I got it. She goes, the tea that you like. I like, I think it's called Windward, I think. They do an unsweet tea, but they cold brew it. They do a peach unsweet that you taste like you're eating a ripe peach. The best I have ever had. They had the plain unsweet, and they didn't have the peach. So she brought out two gallons of unsweet. Even though I ordered it, said it was in, she brought out two gallons of unsweet. I said, no, nah, that won't do it. She goes, okay. They take it off your bill. You don't pay for it. She goes, but I'll tell you what, why don't you like the, the regular unsweet? I said, I've never tried it. She hands me a gallon and says, thank you, Mr. Jenkins. We really appreciate you. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm under witness protection. <laughs> Stop that. But anyway. They, but, but the process from getting there to on the road, five minutes. They, they load it in for you. I have a bag that I carry for cool stuff. Would you like me to put it in the cool bag for you? No tipping. They're not allowed to take tipping. The first three orders you do is free. After that, it's $4.95 for the service. But here's what's cool. The time you will save. If they have, if you order Kroger brand, like, I look, like a lot of Kroger brands, if they don't have it, they will go and get the substitute of a major brand and charge you the Kroger brand price. Is Kroger one of your sponsors? Uh, no, <laughs> they were. They were for a long time. But then the guy who uh, who is in charge of having us 
he decided to uh, retire. Mm. Rude man. Ooh. But anyway, so that's it's called ClickList. Look it up. Give it a try. It is amazing. So you literally just pull up. They'll load you up. It's really, really neat. So anyway, I, I, wow. They're looking at the beautiful monitors. Look at that. We're working on it. Um, so as I'm working on this, let me kind of tell you what I did because I did something um, a little bit unusual with the, um, with the Capricola. No, with the Soprasada. So who? The Soprasada. Oh, okay. Um, so this is old world, robust, southern style, Italian style. So I'm taking a piece, and I've got some herbed cream cheese, and I'm just going to spread it. Watch this, Kevin. Spread it like that. Are you, is that called spreading or schmearing? Schmear. You can schmear. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I put it on, on half stuff. of it, right? I fold it over. I fold it over again, and voila. I don't know. How does it taste? I don't know. I'll be the judge of that. Yes, I'm doing this for you because you all are going to get to sample this, but I want to make sure it's good enough for you. What are you laughing at, ma'am? I'm doing this for you. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, it's, it's, th that's the fun part about this is that you really do get to play with it and decide what you like, what you don't like. Oh, my God. That was a great. Just a little bit. And all this is is this is the garden vegetable Philadelphia cream cheese. And are I you going to let the people eat this? I am. Really? I'm so, yeah, I'm nice like that. Yeah. I'm making Man. this for them. It's their party. How do you feel? You know, isn't that nice? She's making this for you. <laughs> now, okay, when you do your charcuterie board, you want to select an assortment of meat and cheeses. Um, and you want to do some medium, some mild, and some bold flavors. That's really key. Um, you want to add a little bit of fruit, seasonal fruit, to the mix. That's why I've got my dates around here somewhere. There they are. I've got my grapes around here. Um, and you can do different seasons. You can do summer seasons. You can do fall Different flavors. Um, you might want to add some jams or some preserves because you're going to put a lot of this stuff on crackers, on crostini. We did some French bread here um, that we're going to slice up and let everybody just kind of hit the board and see what they like. Now, as far as cheeses go, I picked a small wedge of blue cheese because normally in a, in a cheese board or a charcuterie board, you want to have a blue cheese. And then you want to have something that's kind of medium. So I chose a Gouda. Oh, and I love then Gouda. Then for the last one, I wanted something really sharp, so I got a sharp Cabot white cheddar. And that's going to, and these will mix well with the meats that are on the board. So I'm going to keep going with this. Now, you could do other spreads, too. I mean, you could do stone ground mustard. You could do a tapenade. Um, you could add a mousse or a pate. Or if you wanted to do hummus, if that, you know, applied to what you were doing, you could add, we could really just kind of build it as big or as small as you want. How many, I'm, I'm just curious, because I met a lady yesterday from Israel. And she was born and raised in Israel, but she's doing hummus the traditional way. She's even making her own tahini, which is the base, which is very difficult. But she's only doing it wholesale by herself and one assistant. How many about you? How many of you out there eat hummus? It's the spread. Do you like that? I'll tell you what. We had it in Israel. I wouldn't eat this stuff. I had it in Israel. Oh my God. It was, I couldn't get enough hummus. I was like, oh, it's too hummus. And they have different, this lady, when I tasted it, because you can buy it now in pre-made tubs, like $3.99, different flavors. They've got all kinds of creative flavors. It's okay. But it wasn't like that. I ate this sample that she brought into the scar shop that I frequent. And uh, 
I said, oh, my God. So she came in because she's thinking of opening up next door. The cigar shop It's great next door. I said, ma'am, I don't know you from Adam, but this is the best hummus I've had since I left Israel. Well, I'm from Israel. I, you know, and she had the thick accent, and she was telling me, I even make, I said, where do you get the tahini of this quality? I make it myself. She does mousses. This woman is incredible. She's not a chef. But she's wholesale, and I said, well, I don't know what kind of market there is out there for it. I know it's kind of popular. That's why I wanted to ask you, because she's going to, I think she's going to open up retail in her, if she takes a storefront, she's going to make it for wholesale, but then she's going to open it up to retail. And I'm telling you, unbelievable. She's going to, we're going to, I'm going to bring her in and, and teach people how to make hummus and some Mediterranean, you know, Israeli dishes, which the cuisine in Israel is as good as anywhere in the world, if not better. I would eat, eat, eat Israeli cuisine over a lot of the cuisines in the country. All day long? Think. Yeah. Cool. I digress. Anyway, back to your, your – now, wh- now what Back to my board. Doing? Okay, so now I wanted to do something a little bit – I, I kind of go over the top. I, I really can't help myself. Um, I, I added a few more things to it. Um, you want to add something that's got a little bit, a little bit briny, okay? So, Kevin, how do you say this word? Can I – what's that? Cornichons? Cornichon. Well done. <laughs> so this is baby sour gherkins. So you want something with a little bit of brine because it goes with the flavors. It blends well with the flavors. Um, crackers and bread. And I wanted to throw in a little something extra as well. So I'm going to throw in a little something extra while you're talking. Would you like? All right. That'll work. So I'm taking so prosciutto because I'm, I mean, t- I'm, that's one of my favorites is prosciutto. Um, Am I using up all your supplies or are we good? You're, um, we're going to eat this. Yeah, you're good. You're fine. Okay. I would use my hands, but you don't know where they've been. <laughs> All right. So we're, right now. We're pampering our audience. Right now I'm taking goat cheese and I'm putting it on prosciutto. I'm just pushing it on there. Um, smearing it, as Kevin likes to say. And uh, then I got a little bit of arugula. And I like arugula because it's a little bit peppery. And uh, it's fun to play with. And to. just a little bit. I do mean a little bit here and get my. And then I want to roll it up. And when I roll it up, then I'm going to slice it on a bias. On the bias? Does that mean you don't like it? And I'm going to stand it up. You have a bias against it? That's a joke. Ow! (laughs) I'll take it. it. She throws food at me. Disgusting. (laughs) So yeah, that's all I'm going to do now. The, this is this is the the end of this part of it. So um, we're looking at grapes. We're looking at little beautiful pickles. We've got some blue cheese. We've got some different meats, some different cheeses. Um, we've also got like the thrown in pinwheel that's in there, and we're going to have a lot of fun in about two seconds. And guess what? You saw how she did it. Fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. That's it. I'm and you can around. present this board out there. Make sure you have some classy like Bud Light, something to go with it. You know, and uh, set it out there. And I see we have a Saints fan in the audience. (laughs) Oh, sorry, sir. (laughs) I'm a Saints fan. (laughs) Anyway, we got a Falcons fan in the crowd. We're all about food. We're all about fun. Because if you aren't having fun, you're not eating. Eating and fun go hand in hand. Food, fun, celebration, good life. One place, one place only. Right here on Chef and a Fat Man at La Cordon Green, the big green egg culinary center. We come back. 
We're going to find out what people think about Chef Amanda's charcuterie. Oh, Lord. Oh, welcome back, my friends. Chef and a fan man live from Le Cordon Green. All right, folks. How was the charcuterie? Like Love it. it? Yeah. I'll tell you, I, being a host, you can't eat. His, what he says with his mouth full. Because it's not polite. But I never stood on protocol anyway. Anyway, welcome back. It's, we were celebrating the charcuterie. In the first hour of the show, we were talking about the essentials for a kitchen. Because I'll tell you, when you're just starting out, you don't know. Chef Amanda, from a strictly a chef's perspective, gave you the things that will make your life easier in the kitchen when you're starting out, or even now. How many of you knew about the fish spatula? Nobody? No, see? Okay. And yet, it's one of the most handy spatulas in the world, and that's what we're here to do. It's the most practical. It's, it's practical. It's easy to handle. It's, um, it's lightweight. And uh, if you're moving around all the time, it, it's flip flipping stuff. It's a really, it's a really good option. It's my favorite. You know, Gouda cheese. I have a Gouda, weakness Gouda. for Gouda cheese. Smoking it. Smoked Gouda is delicious. Smoked Gouda cheese is outstanding. Just any kind of Gouda. I like that in brie. I keep a wheel of brie in my refrigerator at all times. I know you're supposed to leave it out. What do you do with your brie? Eat it. No, I mean, no, but I mean, do you put anything on top of it? Do you no, bake I just it? like do the flavor of it. Wrap it in something? No, I'm, I'm pretty lazy. Okay. I just take. He is. They understand. <laughs> um, I take like uh, Triscuits or something like that. And like if I've golfed all morning or I've been at the cigar shop till wee hours in the morning, I come drag it in. I haven't eaten. I can pull out that brie. And crackers, and then a little leftover meat that I had cooked on my big green egg, the ultimate cooking, cooking experience. experience. Yes. And I have a meal. The brie is so versatile. So that's what I do. I don't, when I come back from my trips to the cigar shop, after you've been there for seven or eight hours working <clears throat> and uh, pontificating, taking care of all the problems of the world. Um, you come back, it's an hour drive back home for me because I've, I go to one that's way away from my house, but the people there are amazing and the place is so comfortable. It's called the Cigar Shop in uh, Dawsonville or Cumming. It's right off of 400 just before you get to Dawsonville. It's right on the right-hand side. Uh, he has, uh, probably six or 700 wines and he probably has 80 beers. He has a, a a small bar in the back, but he's got overstuffed leather furniture, a couple of big screen TVs, watching the Masters, if you like to do that, and uh, smoking fine cigars. It's just a great place to go. So I'll hang out there, and I don't like to come home and have to work because it's an hour drive home. I don't get home like the other night. I got home at like uh, 1.30 in the morning, and I'm hungry. So I just whipped out the brie, and I had, I had cooked uh, pork loin. I took mayonnaise the pork loin, just just bathed it in mayonnaise. Took some Cajun spice that I make, covered it, put it on the egg. It was so juicy that I had to wring it out each and every piece. Oh. I ate it two days later, and it was still very juicy. Mayonnaise. I cooked my chickens in mayonnaise. I cooked my 
pork loins and mayonnaise. mayonnaise You're creamy. Is, huh? You're creamy. Yes, I am. <laughs> and tasty. Yeah. But it's just another example. I do my steaks. My wife won't let me make her steak without doing it in mayonnaise. Mayonnaise and spice. Salt and pepper. Mayonnaise, salt, pepper. The nice thing about it is the mayonnaise flavor cooks off. But the oils seek into the meat. It covers like a little crust that keeps the meat juicier. It holds your spice. And you know, we have our own rub called Chef and a Fat Man Love Rub. There are a thousand rubs out there. What are you laughing at, sir? It's a very good name. You know, and our philosophy, if you don't rub your meat at night, it won't treat you right. You know, it's... <laughs> Sorry. Continue. It's right, it's right on our label. Because if you don't season, if you're going to do a long, slow cook, if you don't season your meat up the night before, you're not going to get the full flavor. But the mayonnaise holds everything. And I found when I've sampled, after 18 years, you've put out a lot of samples for a lot of people, probably the number one thing that people like, and you don't even tell them, is salt and pepper. That's it. Salt and pepper. I Fantastic. Mean, a steak with salt Sorry. and pepper and maybe a little garlic powder. And you will be amazed how people go, oh, my God, what is that rub? What is it? Uh, salt and pepper. No, 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 the rub. Salt you know what pepper. we call salt and pepper? The Dalmatian, it's the Dalmatian rub. We do. Your dog Around right. here. <laughs> but anyway, just a little, try it sometime. Take mayonnaise, slather your meat in it, whatever it is, chicken, pork, steak, beef. Slather it, season it, and cook it. You will be amazed. Plus, it gives a nice color. Just a little nugget. Will you get me some ice? Or as we I say at home, McNugget. <laughs> but Chef, Chef Amanda was talking about the essentials. It's knives, good knives. It's knives, spatula. You know, tongs. We didn't really get too much into tongs. But when I was in culinary school... The to- we use tongs so much that it's an extension of my hand, okay? And when I say that, I can use it on the grill. I can use – I even use it when I'm – like to hold my meat when I'm cutting my meat. Yes. Um, also, I happen to be very short, so I can also do this. <laughs> that makes me a little bit taller. Really? I can grab a glass off the shelf. Yeah! But seriously, a good pair of tongs is, is, is just fantastic. It's invaluable. So. Well, it's, uh, it's absolutely amazing – and, and you also came up with the idea about cast iron. Yeah, absolutely. you got to have a good piece of cast iron. And uh, if you can find your grandmother's, even better. If not, just get a good piece that's seasoned well. And if you don't know how to season it, then you're going to add a little bit of oil. You're going to cook it off a little bit. And you're going to heat it up. You need to get a coating on there. You need to seal it. And then when you go to clean it, you need to put just a little bit of salt and water, not really soap, and, unless that's been your history and that works for you. But... We like to do salt and water around here. Just give it a good scrub. It doesn't matter what's on there. You can just give it a, salt, a scrub with salt and water. And, uh, and then you do not want to put it away wet. You know, a lot of times my grandmother kept her Dutch oven uh, by the fireplace because it was nice and warm. You know, so you want to you kind of warm it out so that the, the moisture comes out of it and uh, so that it doesn't rust. I'm telling you, then you went on to the charcuterie. Mm. How many of you had had charcuterie before you came here today? One? I'm sure. We have a butcher back there, right? You've done that, right? Okay. Yeah, and uh, 
So you did a charcuterie and introduced people to some great ideas. Mm, hope so. Run through it. Okay, so we did three different kinds of cheeses. Um, we did a couple, we did three different kinds of meats. And then we did, we got a little bit creative with um, some different cheeses like mascarpone, and we did an herb cream cheese, and we put it inside of the meat, and we rolled. One of them we did a pinwheel, uh, where it was a, a flour tortilla with fig jam and prosciutto, because that goes well together with mascarpone, and then rolled it up and cut it into little pinwheels, and it turned out really well. Well, here's the thing about charcuterie. It's easy. She set up this whole plate and everything in about 15 to 20 minutes. Thanks. You can do that at home, especially if, you're th mm. if you know you're going to have some people over and you don't know what they're going to like, you can put out, you can add some jams, you can add some spicy mustards, some different kinds of mayonnaise, herbed and seasoned mayonnaise. Lay it all out, to, put out the plates, put out the tongs, or if it's just pure finger food, and go to town. It's easy, it's quick, and you can go, like if you go to your local Kroger, they've got tons of it already sliced, so you don't even have to mess with it. You just take it out of the bag and lay it out there. Or you can spend and get boar's head. It really doesn't matter. I don't have any friends that deserve that. So I go with generic. You don't have cheap. any friends that deserve that? No. I mean, when my, when my mother-in-law comes to town, I absolutely. The other day, I took her, her teeth away. So she no, wouldn't Kevin. I did, so she wouldn't eat between meals. Oh, man. I mean, hey, I'm telling you. You got her on a budget, I'm, on a food budget? I'm cruel. You are. But, um, no, I mean, I, most, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's my wife's mother. <laughs> she didn't know. <laughs> but um, the whole idea behind charcuterie is it is it has become the hottest fad now. Everybody does parties. Now everybody's starting to do charcuterie because they've realized it doesn't cost as much as laying out a whole bunch of other food, depending on how you do it. It's easier you don't have to spend hours playing. And another good way to do it is take a piece of paper and write it down and say, okay, what do I want? I want this, this, and this. Lay it out on a piece of paper. Take five minutes. Then you know what to go. You have your list. You go to the grocery store. You know how it's going to be laid out. Bada boom, bada bing. You're done. Go to click list. You don't even have to spend it down at the grocery store. Just say, hey, Kroger, this is what I want. And they bring it right out to your car. So I'm all about ease, least amount of work, Best taste, least amount of work. <laughs> least amount of work, least amount of work. <laughs> yes. Because you know what? When you do a party, do you know how many times you, you can tell who the people are putting on the party if, if you don't know? Because they're the ones going, how are you enjoying everything? Because <laughs> they're leaning against the wall because <laughs> they're exhausted. Why should you die to have a party that you can't enjoy? Because mm. you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. I say make it easy, make it tasty, listen to Chef Amanda, and you will never go wrong. Ever. Ever. Well, my friends, I hope you have enjoyed yourself today. Now, we're gonna, our next show coming up, what are we going to do in our next show? We're going to do a burger. We're going to do a cheddar uh, BLT. A, a cheddar BLT? A cheddar BLT burger. Wow. With a little bit of tarragon Russian uh, dressing. And what else? Anything else? Um, yeah, we're going to play with something. Um, my husband is Portuguese, and his favorite dish is called bitok. And I'm it sounds to, like it's Klingon. I'm going to, yeah, oh, make, I want bitok. I'm going to make a bitok. And if for you don't you know trackies. what it is, stay tuned for the next show or Google it. Bitok. Well, yeah, we're going to teach you a little bit about that. You don't want to miss that show. As we like to say, so many people to thank. First and foremost to our superb 
volunteer. He's been with us in almost every show. Mr. Bill! Mr. Bill, big hand for Mr. We Bill. Love Mr. Bill. Working on the retail side, the handsome but studly Luciano. Luciano. He's the one that loads up all your stuff for you, so you better thank him. Uh-huh. And don't tip him. It's so gauche. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, how can you do a great culinary show without a great culinarian? I hope you give it up for executive chef of Chef and a Fat Man, Amanda Agidio. And, of course, if you got the talent but you can't get it across, you need a great engineer. And, of course, she who must be obeyed. Karen. My wife, the engineer, Karen Jenkins, wherever Karen, she is. Karen. One hand. All we got yeah, out the... One hand. She yeah. had a butter knife last night. That's a, off the seat. See, it's so much fun being here because you get so much interaction that goes on. Chef and a Fat Man of Blue Collar Chefs has been presented by One Finger. <laughs> Put it away. The Big Green Egg, the, the ultimate, ultimate cooking, cooking experience. experience. And by Real Sweet Onions by Schumann Produce. Remember, my friends, if it does not say Real Sweet on the back of the tag, it, it ain't. ain't. I'm your host, Fat but Jovial as he is, Kevin Jenkins, reminding you as we do each and every week to remember our troops and our first responders. They are the reasons we continue to have the freedoms we enjoy so much in this country like no other, no other place on earth. The price of freedom has never been and never will be free. As we cool down the mobile burners at Chef and a Fat Man, God bless you all. God bless your families. Most importantly, God bless America. And God willing, we'll see you next week right here on Chef and a Fat Man. Thank you all very much. Bye.